Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It is a Monday edition of the show, and for the first time in three weeks, it is a Victory Monday. And a happy belated uh, Christmas and a happy holidays to everybody celebrating it yesterday. Gather around the fire, watch the Buccaneers fight to the nail to beat a four-win Arizona Cardinal team. 19 to 16 in overtime. We'll talk a little bit more about that game and talk about what's ahead for the Bucs. Seeing who's going to run the NFC South between the Bucs and the Panthers. Maybe the Saints make some noise too, but mostly those two teams on the on the graphic right there. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me is Scott Reynolds of PewterReport.com. Scott, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Uh, yes. After uh, hey, it was a late night. We were up going <laughs> it was. morning doing the Pewter Post game show yesterday. Yeah, yeah, uh, tired, um, very tired. But at the same time, it is Victory Monday. We don't get through these very often, <laughs> kind of like the old fun. days. Uh, I don't mean the old days like last year and the year prior to that. I'm talking about the old old days, the Jameis Winston days, etc. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been. Um, it's it's been a minute since we've had one of these, so it's fun. It also coincides with roll call, which is always fun. Win or lose, we do roll call at four twenty on Mondays. So make sure that you tell us where you're at, Peter people, where you are listening or watching the podcast from. We always uh, get a kick out of that. Yes, and and not just the Floridians too. We love our Floridians, but but our Americans, our international folks. It's it's great to see how this podcast has grown, all because of you. So. Um, uh, and we're going to be joined by Josh Capo as well. So we'll get his, oh, his take on that. Yeah. So I didn't even know that. Uh, surprise, surprise. I'm going to send him the link right now and uh, we'll see Josh here in a few minutes. But, but the, the, I think the cool thing about uh, today, Matt, is I, I you know, I, I think the Buccaneers are our bad football team, right? Uh, if Kyler Murray played last night, they probably don't win the game. Uh, I've, I've come to that conclusion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you have a bone to pick with that. But I did a little digging, and I said, okay, the, the Buccaneers are bad. They're, they're going to be a bad football team making the playoffs. You know, it's kind of embarrassing, right? They could finish 8-9 and nine and and make the, the playoffs. If they beat Carolina this week, this is really what's at stake, and this is why we, we say who's going to run the NFC South and who's going to get run on, right? Is it going to be the Bucs doing the running or is it going to be the Panthers doing the running? They had 320 yards rushing against the Detroit Lions, who, believe it or not, are a good football team. Yeah. They were seven and seven coming into the game, and both Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard had 109 yards at halftime. And at one point, it was 31 to seven, and they absolutely rolled all over them. So it's going to be a big, tall task. You know, we're not going to just forget about the Cardinals game, but that's the the less consequential game right now. It's really kind of on to Carolina because this is the game where it's going to come down to. And I think it's going to come down to the trenches. I really believe that if the Buccaneers can do what the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers have done, and that's really shut down the Panthers' ground game. And that's a tall order because we saw James Conner you know, get off for 79 yards, including a, a 22-yard touchdown run, I believe. Tampa Bay has been hit and miss when it comes to stopping the run. But – they're going to need help. They're going to need the offense getting a little bit of a lead and, and kind of pulling that Cincinnati Bengals card out of their hat, getting up 17-0 or 14-0. In other words, making the Panthers use Sam Darnold to beat the Buccaneers and not Dante Foreman and not Chuba Hubbard because, believe it or not, ever since Sam Darnold came back to the lineup, the Panthers are 3-4 and four with him as the start starter but it's not all because of Darnold he just is doing his part to balance that offense so it's it's going to be a very interesting week the playoffs have already started uh we talked you and I Matt last night let's hear about like Josh Capo what did what did you think of the game last night uh you know aside from the fact that it was uh, horrible football by both teams for most of the game then it got exciting as it usually does when the Buccaneers are playing for their lives and, and they get into two minute Tom Brady save us mode, then Brady gets activated and, uh, and, and makes it happen. Yeah. I think it, uh, you summed it up pretty well there, Scott. There's okay, great. Moving on then. 
Yeah, it was it was bad. I mean, you could tell Arizona didn't trust their quarterback. They didn't trust their offense. They generated 48% of their offensive yards on seven plays, right, yeah. which were their explosives, which were, I want to say there was one, no, two passing explosives, the 47-yarder to Hollywood Brown, which was a great catch. I mean, yeah. just kudos to him. He made a great catch. It was yeah, tight finally. window right at the, the sideline there. Um, and then I want to say like a 22-yard catch and run or 23-yard catch and run by James Conner. That was the extent of their their offensive, uh, their passing offense, basically. Yep. And then they had five rushing explosives, most in the second half, yep. um, as the Bucks defense kind of waned as they are wont to do this year because they're just their backs are put up against the wall time after time after time. Um, comparatively, the Bucks had five explosive plays, mm-hmm. and it counted for about thirty-one. A couple of those were on the ground, Josh. Yes, they were. They <laughs> a couple were. of those were actually on the ground. It was crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to see both Rashad White and Leonard Fournette have an explosive run in the same game because that that does not happen. Absolutely, yeah. You had um, so Rashad White with an eighteen-yard run, Lenny Fournette with a fourteen-yard run, Lenny with a twenty-three-yard run. And then you had the two catches, uh, the 44-yard catch and run by Fournette and the 23-yard catch by Gage in overtime. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was bad football. And uh, the Bucks prevailed, and they give themselves more life. And there is a chance that somebody from the NFC South may actually have a winning record this year, although I'm not banking so on it. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to stop you right there, guys. Let me just ask you this, right? We we all believe that that maybe the better teams are in the AFC as opposed to the NFC. Do you subscribe to that? In uh, general, yes. Generally speaking, right? Okay, right. So if I were to ask you, teams with non-winning records in the NFC out of the sixteen NFC teams, just real quick, don't don't Google it. How many of the NFC teams have losing records? Oh, out of sixteen. Or I should say, or, yeah, or I um, should say, non-winning records because one of the teams, and I'll even tell you who it is. The Commanders are seven, seven, and one. Right. So technically, they That's don't a have winning a winning record. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all like just thinking that of like the in the hunt column, you know, on yeah. Monday Night Football Ten. and things like that. All the teams are like seven and eight. So, um, yeah. Ten losing it's records. A, it's eleven. It's yeah, eleven okay, teams. Yeah. Are you, 11, are you counting teams. the Commanders? I'm counting the Commanders. Yeah, because they don't have a winning record. So. So 11 out of the 16 teams in the NFC don't have a winning record. We're talking about 7-7-1 seven, seven, Commanders, the 7-8 and eight Lions, the 7-8 and eight Packers, the Bears 3-12, and 12, the Bucks at 7-8, and eight, Panthers and Saints at 6-9, and nine, Falcons at 5-10, and 10, Seahawks at 7-8, and eight, Rams at 5-10, and 10, and the Cardinals at 4-11. and 11. So now, without looking, how many AFC teams, because this is the better conference, how many AFC teams have a non-winning record out of the 16. Um, it's got to be – I know the, the, Jets, the Jets and the Patriots are, I think, 7-8 and eight or 7-7. Seven and seven. Um, you got the Texans in there. You got – 11. 10. Ah, 10, right. so it's like 10 out of the 16. So my whole point to this is – are are the Bucks a bad team, or is football just completely set up for parity this year? Because again, I'll give you the rundown of the AFC: right. Patriots seven and eight, Jets at seven eight, Steelers at seven eight, Browns at six and nine. The entire AFC South division is just like the NFC South. We call yeah. the NFC South the worst division of football, and it kind of is. But so is the AFC South. Jaguars lead at seven and eight, just like Tampa Bay. The Titans are seven and eight. The Colts are four, nine, and one. Of course, the Texans are two, 12, and one. And then in the West, you've got the Raiders at six and nine, and the Broncos at four and 11. Scott, so huh? it's, it's just, it's kind of nuts. I, I just yeah. didn't no, realize uh, like the malaise that has hit the NFL yeah. where there's a couple of halves there, and a, a lot of have nots. Yeah, there's a, to that point, I think there is a clear top t- tier of football yeah. teams which is about five to ten of them yeah and i know i'm going to trigger a lot of people when i say the minnesota vikings are not a part of that top tier um but there's about five to ten really good football teams and then there is just a hodgepodge of yeah. about 20 teams on any given sunday yes it's who where does the ball bounce yeah. towards and yeah. away from 
Yeah. I, lo- I love the facts you you just put out there, Scott. Um, the, the only thing I would say, and I'm not really arguing the point, is that mm-hmm. you know, there are teams in, in that category that you just mentioned, like, the well, the Giants are like one game above 500, but like Washington, the Giants, the Lions, they are doing more with less in terms of talent and, yeah. and players that they have on their roster, where the Bucks, I don't think there's any question, are doing – Way less with more. And yeah. I understand we've gone through the no Ali Marpet, no Gronk, no AB, but there's still yeah. a lot more talent on this Buccaneers team than the Carolina Panthers, and they find themselves in the same situation with that. Yeah, so, that, mean, that's that, definitely there, a fair there, point. Therein lies the frustration um, out, of, out of all of this. And, you know, sometimes when I get frustrated, I, I got to do something to get my mind off of. of just have a Celsius, thing. Matt. Yeah, I think that's where you're going with this. You're going to have a Celsius. Do, yeah, yeah. Sometimes what I do is have a Celsius, the official sponsor <laughs> of the Pewter Report podcast, seven essential vitamins, zero preservatives. It is the healthy version of an energy drink. And there's a wide assortment of flavors, which is why we love them. Uh, you see the Arctic peach and tropical vibes right there. You can go cucumber lime, Fuji apple pear, cola, a watermelon berry. That's one I've been drinking a lot lately. Uh, the cucumber lime, as I said. Uh, so, so many great different flavors. Um, the, the healthy version of an energy drink. It's great to substitute with uh, coffee if you don't want to be drinking coffee anymore. A lot more flavorful, obviously, with the Celsius energy drinks, with kiwi guava as well. Um, if you want to know where to get a Celsius, if you haven't had one yet, go to the store locator, punch in your address, and uh, a whole thing will pop up about where you can find it. You know, at your local Walmart, your Target. Uh, Josh, you used to live in New York for uh, a little bit. What are those, uh, you know, little stores on the corners? Um, you know, I really enjoyed uh, going to my local bodega. Bodega. That's right. <laughs> you can go to your local bodega, find a Celsius there, and then when you realize that you love Celsius energy drinks, start buying them in bulk. I go to Amazon, do the subscribe and save, have it sent to your house or apartment every one, two, or three weeks. I would recommend the variety pack. Variety is a spice of life. Why have one flavor? Spice of life. You can have multiple flavors of Celsius. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drink, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. We appreciate everyone that's been tweeting at us uh, with your Celsius can, or some people have been tweeting us packs of Celsius that they've been getting. We absolutely love it. Uh, We'll make sure we like it, retweet it, um, all that good stuff. So thanks to all of our fans there. Uh, we got a couple of super chats. So let's let's get to them. You super chat us, we will let you cut the line. You know, we are the bouncers of this podcast. Uh, Giovanni had one earlier, just wanted to get to, because Josh, you said the same exact words. Uh, Giovanni, thanks for the $5 Super Chat. Bucks better be suited, letting Carolina get up two scores. Uh, they only seem to click when their backs are against the wall. <laughs> That's exactly what you said, Josh, a couple yeah. minutes ago. What a disappointing season. Yeah, it's the same formula every single time. Start out hot, at least moving down the field, get cold. Get a field goal. Yeah. Pick a field goal and then <laughs> yeah. start the disappointment early, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. don't um, wait, just get disappointed early. Uh, just, just to that point, real quick, William, we appreciate your super chat. Get to you just to, in a second. Um, you know, Tom Brady was pretty much resigned to the fact that we didn't really talk about this last night, Matt, because we were doing the, the pot at like one o'clock in the morning yeah. and you know, we were tired and kind of forgot what Tom Brady said, but but Brady kind of actually just admitted he's like, yeah, like. Yeah, we, we pretty much just this is really what we can do really well is the two minute and is really all we can do well. And I'm paraphrasing there, but, that, you know, I, I, I think I, I know what Tom's trying to say now. I've had enough experience talking to Tom, being in his press conferences. I can kind of read between the lines. And I think that's what he's saying. Right, guys. He's he's saying, all right, we're, we're just going to admit it. We're not good in red zone. We're not good in, in third and short. We're not good in third down, period. Um, but we're good at this. Right. And and so I, I've kind of been resistant to the, hey, why don't you go two minute all the time? You know, uh, because my whole point is, is when you when you do the regular offense and it ends in three and outs on the regular. That's why I call it the regular offense, because yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the regular three and out right. offense. Yeah, it's it, what, what are you saving? You're saving like what, a minute or, or maybe two minutes? Um by by you know prolonging the inevitable by delaying the inevitable right you're you're going to be the defense you know it, it, it they become accustomed right they you know they go they sit down they huff and puff they drink some water Gatorade right and they look at the at the oh crap it's already third down okay I want to get my helmet back on that's just what's happening well, so why not just speed up the process a little bit I think the Buccaneers are very well conditioned I do 
Just go no huddle. Just start the game with it and just see what the hell happens. Well, I, I'm, I'm at the point where, like, as a defensive guy, I'm sensitive to the, well, you can't do it all the time because your defense is getting it worn out. Who cares? At this point, who cares? That's situation, no matter but, what. But Whether that's the thing also, Scott. Going up tempo, so. Two counterpoints to that. Number one, when they're in hurry up, they're actually converting more more first downs, which means they're keeping the defense off the field. Exactly. Right, rather than the exactly. thing out to the point you just yes. made. The other thing is they've done studies and, and everybody talks about the defense and, 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 you know, how they need time to rest. And they always talk about it in terms of game clock, right? right. Well, the offense and hurry up, you know, the defense is back out in two yeah. minutes of game clock. Who cares about game clock? Yeah. People catch their breath in real time. Exactly. And there's no correlation between the hurry up offense being done yeah. excessively, if you will, sure. and the defense actually not getting as much time on, on yeah. the sidelines. Right. So that's really kind of a football myth because we always talk in terms of time of possession. Yeah. But when you talk in terms of real time of course, to yeah. catch their breath, yeah. it, it's a huge difference. Yeah, especially when you factor in the TV timeouts and injury timeouts exactly. and all that. And, and listen, uh, as long as you're not Cam Jordan, like you can fake an injury, right? Like if, if you're, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. If you're Will Golston, right, and you know you're going to get like two two reps on this play, right, and you know it's like you look at at, at Will in the huddle and you're like, hey, on second down, fall down and grab your 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 cap and say you're cramping, right? Like there's ways to overcome this, and and, and uh, you know, am I advocating for cheating? No, I'm advocating for for winning football. And sometimes you have to get creative to win. And if Byron Leftwich is not going to get creative to win, that I'm suggesting the defense get creative to win, and you know, buckle up, man up, and say, let's go no huddle. And if it doesn't work and we punt the ball faster than we normally do, then okay. Then just get out there and fake an injury and and, and manufacture some some uh, breathing time for you. So There are two more games remaining in the regular season, yeah. and the Bucks still have the same issues that they've had since week one. Like yeah. nothing has been corrected at yeah. all. Red zones were a problem against Dallas. They were a problem yeah. against – Arizona. So yeah. like, uh, guys, I'm going to take it back a step further. Josh, you and I were there in, in Tennessee for the ti the Titans game, which is just one of the worst football games I've ever seen preseason or not. And we saw the same type of, of issues it, it, in it, Matt. It's, it's dated back to, to training camp. They were having some red zone issues back then. And granted you're thinking, okay, well, damn, this Bucks defense is going to be good. And it is good, but the offense hasn't done squat in the red zone dating back to the first week of July. So yeah. They, there have been problems all year long. It's not going to get fixed overnight. The only way the Buccaneers are going to advance is if they somehow manufacture, you know, some takeaways and honestly just have some luck. And, and I think the football gods, you know, they just said, you know what? It's like we, we took a little too much from you last week, Buccaneers. We did. We took a little too much, right? Too many Tom Brady interceptions. You know, we, we screwed you with the Giovanni Bernard not knowing about the fake punt, whatever. Okay, we're just going to have Will Golston fall on the football. Yeah. Will's already on the ground. We're going to have a bad little pitch exchange. And all Will has to do is just literally crawl about a foot and grab the ball. All right. And football got said, okay, Bucks, there you go. So, uh, but I digress. And folks, it is 422. I'm two minutes late, but we were two minutes late starting the podcast. So technically we're on time for yeah. Matt. What are we on time for? It's roll call. Tell us where you're at, Pewter people. We have awesome fans that watch the Pewter Report podcast from all over the globe. We love our fans in Tampa. We love our fans in Florida. We have fans all over, both the United States and international as well. Yeah, we, we see the international people. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to start talking. I think what we should do is answer or talk about yeah. the offensive line. We'll answer William 499 Super Chat. And uh, thank you, William. We'll get to that in a moment. But um, as we're talking about um, – you know, the Bucks offensive line, everything going on with that. Please, if you're watching and you're in the chat right now, start putting your location of where you are watching. Yeah. This, I'll put those uh, up on the screen this time. How about that? Uh, awesome. Yeah, sounds good. Right. So uh, start telling us your location. Scott will put it up on the screen. And Josh, and you and I get Atlanta, Georgia, by the way, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> uh, Fort, the Fort, Pier Fort Pierce, Florida. Right. There now. we go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, out of town. But um, as William was saying, uh, so no Werfs uh, or Smith, LOL. Should I even watch this game? Well, first of all, to answer your question, yes, you should be watching this game because regardless of who's in and who's out, the Bucks are playing for the crown of the NFC South, which 
shouldn't really be a crown. It should be a dunce cap right now, just based on how the whole <laughs> NFC South um, has gone. But yeah, that's absolutely a, a, a huge injury already with Tristan Wirfs. Missed the last three weeks, comes back. And Todd Bowles confirmed today when Scott asked him about um, if he re-aggravated that injury, and Todd Bowles confirmed he re-aggravated that ankle injury. It happened late in the game. Someone fell on him. Uh, he wasn't getting treatment until 3 o'clock because that's when they were opening the building. Um, so we'll see what happens this week if Tristan Wirfs is able to play. But he was limping around, didn't necessarily play his best game. And, you know, I took Tristan Wirfs over J.J. Watt in the – in the in the game day show but even on, on top of that you obviously want Tristan Wirfs he's your best offensive lineman Donovan Smith has had a tough year struggled we all understand that but damn they need Donovan Smith back as soon as possible because Josh Wells unfortunately out for the rest of the season he suffered that that injury in the first half last night so you're down to Brandon Walton and Brandon Walton I think um I think Todd Bowles kind of said it best. It was he battled. Yeah, he battled. You <laughs> he know, battled. like he's pretty much saying, Yeah, he didn't do well, but you know I, he, I think I think that's that's professional coach speak for. He tried. Yeah, he tried. He battled. I give him credit for for fighting out there. Was he fundamentally yeah. sound? No. Um and also I blame <laughs> yeah. someone. that's essentially what he said. And I right. kind of blame the coaches too. Why you know, why are you giving him all these one on one matches? Yeah. Can I help him out there? Um right. but as crazy as We've all been over Donovan Smith in a negative way this year. They yeah. need Donovan Smith back. They I do. don't even want to think about what yeah. happens if Tristan Wirfs isn't available. What if Tristan yeah. Wirfs end? I don't even know. Luke Gedeke, right know. tackle. Gedeke no was the swing tackle. Played three <clears> yeah. snaps in yesterday's game. He took over Josh Wells' role. Yeah. Had three so, uh, snaps and still ended up in the bottom five of PFF. I saw, I saw your tweet. Yeah. I could not believe it. Yeah. I was like, how That's are you Kyle Rudolph? Who got like ten snaps yeah. combined? Are the lowest <laughs> tier guys on PFF? This uh, it, How's it, it possible? It gets more sad. Um, Scott, I wanted to buttress some of the points you had earlier sure. about the, uh, the 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 tears of the NFL. Yeah. So for now, me, now when, I, when, you, when you say tears, you mean like crying tears? Like so we'll many get teams to the crying tears, under yeah. five hundred record. T i e r, and we're going to okay. get to T e a r. Got it. Okay. So. So, you know, I'm a big kind of like Pythagorean theorem, like the, the point score, point differential, right? Yep. yep. Now you had mentioned. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you had mentioned large. earlier that there was, you know, there's like, what, a total of 10 or 11 teams in the league that have a winning record. 21 had, out of the 32 teams yep. have a non-winning record. If you had to guess how many teams in the NFL have a point differential of 30 points plus 30 points or more, which means they're averaging after 15 games, winning by two points per game, right? An average of that. How many teams in the NFL would you guess have a positive point differential of 30 points or more? I, I don't, I don't even know. I, I, and the reason I say it, seven. Okay. Just seven. Yeah. There are yeah. seven teams that are averaging winning by two points or more throughout wow. this year. Buffalo has a point differential of 157, San Francisco 145, Philly 137, Dallas 131, yeah. Kansas City 106, then Cincinnati at 85 and Baltimore at 49. You yeah. have four more teams that have positive point differentials. So again, right. we're back to that 11 yeah. number. Yeah. Only 11 teams with positive point differentials. Yeah. Yeah. None of those teams come from the NFC South. Correct. And here's the tiers, <laughs> T-E-A-R-S. Yeah. The worst point differential team in the NFC South are your Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay Buccaneers, Buccaneers. Yeah. -38. Yep. So the uh the Saints minus 22 lead the division. Right. Carolina at minus 24, Atlanta minus 35 and the Bucks at minus 38. So they're all bunched together in what I mean the the division is the division. You look yeah. at it every single way and you have four very flawed teams that find ways to lose on a weekly basis. Yeah. And that's they're going to send somebody to the playoffs. Right. And, and, you know, looking to this point here, Josh, looking at the Buccaneers, right, they have a 16-point win over Dallas. They have a 10-point win over New Orleans. They have a 6-point win. I'm just going through the wins. A 6-point win over Atlanta. A 3-point win over the Rams. A 5-point win over Seattle. A 1-point win over the, the Saints. 
and a three-point win over the Cardinals. So out of their seven wins this year, the biggest margin of difference was 16 points back in week one, where we didn't know anything about the Buccaneers, and we didn't know anything about the Cowboys, because that's week one. Week one is just, you know, throw your hands up and anything goes, because there's no film on, you know, these teams outside of vanilla preseason games. And, and that's where you're going to see the wrinkles and the different things. Remember, we said, oh, my gosh, Leonard Fournette ran for 127 yards. Holy smokes. Well, as it turns out, that was Fournette's one, only 100-yard game of the season. And the Buccaneers, who ran the ball so well against the Cowboys, have not been able to sustain that by any stretch of the imagination. Matter of fact, they're still the worst rushing team in the league. Sad, but true. Yeah. Um, we got a couple more Super Chats to get to. And Let's get to them. It's funny. I noticed um, – you know, depending on the the money amount, and I'm not criticizing or complaining or anything about the money amount, but depending on what it is, it comes in different colors, either uh, green or yeah. yellow. And it's just funny because that reminds me of the cans of Pirate Republic, the official beer yeah. of PeterReport.com. They are based out of the Nassau Bahamas <laughs> and making their way to Florida just in time for the holiday season. Get your friends or family a belated Christmas gift. Yeah, uh, it's already gift wrapped. Just put a bow on it. That's eggs, it. Exactly. A beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original pirate code, and that's a sense of belonging. Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner is perfect for tailgating and having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. That's in the red can. Then you have the Take No Quarter IPA in the green can. That's the best IPA that you'll drink. 7.2% alcohol, Ooh. so it fills you up. <laughs> it's a doozy. You can also drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy Belgian with beer and enjoy that pirate life. That's in the gold can, of course, because it's the gold standard of beers. Uh, pirate Public Beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area, and they are expanding across the state of Florida. I personally get my Pirate Public Beer at the uh, ABC liquor store that is closest to me so live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with pirate republic beer we had a uh, ten dollar super chat from dominic let me pull that up my favorite part of victory monday podcasts we always get more super chats not we always yes. do yeah <laughs> and, uh, we appreciate the future people and yeah. dominic with the ten dollar super chat the bucks now have more touchdown drives parentheses 13 when they use the no huddle offense compared to 12 touchdown drives using a traditional huddle offense, the Bucks have no run no huddle about 24% of their drives. So more of a statement, more of a statement than a uh, question or anything yeah. like that. I um, agree. That's why yeah. I'm saying I'm at the point run the no huddle as much as you want. I don't care about the defense. I, I'm a defensive guy too, so it pains me to say that, but I don't because you're not going to be able to win games against quality opponents with without with, with scoring just 17 points. You just can't. And, and, and they not for lack of trying on the defense, they right. are seventh in points against in the NFL. Yes. Yeah. Seventh. Yeah. That defense yeah. is doing everything they can. And they run screens enough to uh, to this, so where they don't have to worry about establishing the run because that will be their their run game. As, as yep. I right. I'm going to find this Brady quote here. Let me see here. On completing six of six passes on the final drive, and if there's a reason things went so well, Brady says, "I think we're all comfortable in those situations." It's all they do is is just run the no huddle and, and then he performs well. And, and, and I just don't think the Buccaneers perform well on the regular outside of that. But, uh, and, and it really just speaks to the point that was made there by, by Dominic is they have more touchdown drives when they use the no huddle compared to the times where they don't. So do what's working, Byron. Yeah. Facts while, are you're, facts. while you're still here, do what's working. More and I know would be nice too. Yeah. It, yeah. Please. Again, do what's working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Leo. Leo. Yeah, so this is a right. hanger from yesterday's show. Yep. Leo, thank you for the $4.99 super chat. And this is a question yesterday um, that we are going to answer today. Scott, you said you'd elaborate on Brady coming back in 2023. Do you think if, when he stays, he will play a role in picking the new offensive coordinator for the team? 
Yes, I, I think Brady is is probably going to return. That's that's what I believe based on things that I know. And at the same time, we're not reporting this as fact. We're not, you know, there was, there was no story on PeterReport.com saying Brady is going to return. I believe he will return. I'm not confident enough to say he is going to return. Why? Because the season isn't over yet. And I think Brady wants to evaluate, evaluate everything on how this, this season uh, ends. When it ends, is it going to end in Atlanta, right, on, uh, on week 18? Is it going to end the week after, after a, a game at Raymond James Stadium? Is it going to end a couple weeks into January? You know, we'll have to see. So that's going to play a role into it, I believe. But if I had to say Brady is going to come back to play, then where is it going to be? I think it's going to be here. Because I don't know at age 46, and that's how he's going to be next year, when he's truly in the twilight twilight, like the final twilight, like the final, final, like end game twilight of of his playing days, I don't think he wants to hit the reset button. I think the, the reason why he left New England was he wanted a fresh change of scenery. He wanted to prove he could win without Bill Belichick. He did that. And I think he really, really enjoyed his time in Tampa. It was a breath of fresh air. Um, magic happened in 2020. He was a big part of that, obviously. And and then they came back last year to see if they could do it again. And, and by God, they came pretty close, 13 and four. And it, you know, and 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 there's enough people that Brady has a relationship with here in Tampa, a very good, positive relationship with. That I don't think he wants to take the chance and end his career playing for another team where lightning doesn't strike twice and he doesn't find a Tampa Bay 2020 again. I think he'd rather go out with what he knows rather than what he doesn't know at this point. And there's no Giselle to, to bounce the, hey, babe, can I come back and play one more year? He's the master of his own domain. He gets to decide, do I want to play and where do I want to play? And I'm telling you right now, the relationship he has with Joel Laser, the owner, with Jason Light, the general manager, uh, they have given him everything he wants. And for for the most part, by and large, it has worked and worked out well. If you look at the three-year record of Tom Brady and the fact that they're still, you know, that they need one win on Sunday, and this team has won a Super Bowl and two division titles and three straight playoff appearances. That's never been done before in Tampa Bay with with a quarterback like Tom Brady. I don't know why he would want to risk it and go elsewhere and and go to and listen. If you want an example, look at the Denver Broncos, right? They trade for Russell Wilson, they got Nathaniel Hackett. Everything was rosy and fine and s- stars are aligning and fireworks and you know, let's ride. Okay, well, how did let's ride work out? Right? It just goes to show you it's not always greener on the other side in terms of looking at the other guy's lawn. And and I just have a sense that that 46-year-old Brady, if he's going to come back and play, it's going to be here. The last thing I'll say, and I wrote about this in my Fab Five on Friday, the, the geography still works out. The kids you know, are with Giselle, and they split time, uh, apparently, and she's in Miami. That is a quick chartered plane ride uh, away. Jack is is in New York. That's on the East Coast still. Same time zone. I don't see Brady going out west to San Francisco. I don't see him going to to uh, L.A. The Raiders are a dysfunctional mess. Even though Josh McDaniels is there, Josh Jacobs wants out, right? So yeah, I, I, I you know <laughs> I didn't I, hear I, about that one. Um, I mean, he's not happy. Let's put it that way. I mean, he 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 was asked yesterday, and he certainly sounds like he does not want to come back to the Raiders next year. Uh, but I, I'm just saying, you know. Is Sean Payton coming back anywhere? Is that going to be enough to lure Tom Brady? I, I don't know. Um, well, we okay. had a, a super chat from yeah. Carlos, $5. Right. Thank you, Carlos, Matt, for the super chat. You handle it. He said, uh, there's reports that Sean Payton will coach again and is building a staff. Yep. Would ownership consider firing Bowles? And Telling the bad news, Matt. If Tom stays. Carlos, the bad news is that the Saints, whether the Bucks would even entertain this, which I think they would, absolutely. Yeah. The sure. Saints would never allow this to happen. Uh, yeah. Sean Payton is technically still under contract with the Saints. So it would have to be one of those uh, things you see from time to time in football where 
Uh, the Saints would have to get compensation for it, and they would have to sign off on it. And there's just absolutely no way in hell they are going to give away their coach that won them a Super Bowl, that sustained right. a lot of success for that team and beat down on the Bucs. There's yeah. just no way the Saints would give that, give him to a team in their own division. It just never would happen. I, I mean, there was the there was an AFC team that even right. the, the, the Saints would not give Sean Payton to. So yeah. if he's not going to go to the AFC, they're not going to they're not going to give yeah. him to uh, to the Fox. So yeah, he's not coming. Fortunately, yeah, yeah not the case. He's not coming. So yeah, I I do think uh, in the second part of that question was is Brady going to have any say so about the offensive coordinator? No, he's not going to have a, a hand in which offensive coordinator the Buccaneers are going to pick. That's going to be a first and foremost Todd Bowles call, and then Jason Light will I'm sure have some input as the general manager to make sure they're both on the same page with the right hire. I do think they're looking for a guy that has some creativity maybe from the college ranks, but a guy that has NFL experience and the two names I threw out there on Friday, Todd Munkin, who I've talked about now for about a month. I'm just waiting for them to fire Byron Leftwich, by the way, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> so I'm, there's a part of my brain that's just already on the 2023. So we just get that news out of the way and find the new OC and we can start having happier thoughts about the offense. But, but then the other one is, is uh, Bill O'Brien, uh, both of which are in the SEC. Munkin is the coordinator of Georgia. Bill O'Brien is the coordinator at Alabama with Bryce Young. In that offense, uh, and I really Brady, hope that I hope Brady that Bill has, has a horrible game calling the plays <laughs> on on New Year's Eve. I hope that that he just has like the biggest brain fart and just calls really really bad plays against Kansas State and the Sugar Bowl. That would be awesome for me. And, and I like the uh, I like the the Bill O'Brien kind of reference that you made there, Scott, because there is a a connection to Brady because Bill O'Brien yeah. was his his offensive coordinator in New England. They had the famous sideline fight. <laughs> that was yeah. great. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I, one of the things that you brought brought up that I think is a really prescient point is a lot of it depends on how this season ends in terms of what happens with Brady. So I'll throw out a hypothetical. They they go on a run here, right? They finish three and zero to finish the regular season. They have a winning record. The yeah. number four seed hosts a playoff game. Dallas go Cowboys. On a Cinder Cinderella like run. Okay. They win the Super Bowl. Right. Okay. I think we're all probably in agreement that that's the storybook ending that Brady would maybe um, hang it think, up on. I think at that point, yeah. And, and then him and Giselle reunite. Right. Yeah. And then <laughs> like the Macho Man Randy Savage and Mrs. Elizabeth, Elizabeth right. in WrestleMania. Oh yeah. But that that's storybook for Brady, but it becomes our nightmare at Pewter Report because you lose Brady. Yeah. You probably have to keep Leftwich, and we have to cover him with a lesser quarterback next year. Oh God! I know, right? Come on, man, it's still a holiday. We're only we're only a couple hours removed from Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Matt, you and I did the, the premise. Look at that. I did the podcast last night. It did not feel like Christmas as we rolled into overtime. Oh my God! <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, even Leftwich is laughing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't see any way that 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 uh, the Byron survives Bowl. this. I just don't. I, yeah, short, it was short, short, short of a Super Bowl. Yes, yeah. yeah. And and really, what it is is it's almost like it's almost like Jerry Jones, right, with the Cowboys. He wants to hire Sean Payton so bad, so. but damn it, Mike McCarthy just keeps winning. There's, you know, there's a part of Jerry Jones that's just like, oh man. Like, what if we went down to Tampa and lost that first game? You know, oh, then I then I get to hire Sean Payton. You know. Even though you would be eliminating your team with that thought, right from the right. playoffs early, your double-digit Cowboys, uh, it, it's it's a conundrum, right? It's yep. it's a bit of a conundrum. So yep. yeah, can can you go back to that Shaggy comment? Yeah, because I just I want to point out how loathsome Byron Leftwich is with this band, fan base. That I just created a hypothetical where the Bucks won the Super Bowl, <laughs> and he said, "Don't say that." You're like Jerry Jones. You're like, no, no. I just want to point. Don't that, win in the playoffs. That is downright hilarious. Oh I didn't even. I didn't even like. That was my first reaction too. Like, oh, fire yeah. left is back. Not even like, hey, like Super Bowl parade rings, like all the fun. Right. And right. that came with that. That is such a funny observation. We have another uh, super chat as well. Okay. Uh, so many great comments today. Um, yeah. So this has been a fun show. Yeah, this has been. 
almost like last night's uh, uh, last five minutes yeah. of, the, of the game. Yes. Uh, Cat of Max with the 5,000 Super Chat. Thank you, and thank you for your service. Thoughts on Bowles' post-game speech. The body language of the players during his speech was concerning, and maybe we practice on Tuesday. LOL. I don't think they'll be practicing on Tuesday. That's a uh, league-wide yeah. mandated off day for everyone, yeah. with the exception of uh, teams playing on the Thursday games. But we were done with the Thursday games. Uh, one more Thursday game, but that's it. Um, body language of he's Todd Bowles. I mean, he yeah. he is what he is. Like, there's an occasional time where where he'll get tickled about something and he'll start cracking up laughing hysterically. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't happen very often. He's just, he's a stoic guy. It's just, it's, that's who he is. He's stoic and very much like Tony Dungy. I see a lot of parallels. I think Dungy's probably a little bit more charismatic. I think Bowles is, is a little bit, uh, you know, um, maybe. Quick-witted is yeah. How I yeah. Would, I would describe him. Yeah. So I, I think there's some similarities there. And again, I'm, I'm the old man in the room and I remember there were plenty of times where, even though the Bucks were winning, even though Dungy was the Messiah and turned this this team around, and you know, and had a great defense, you know, people were were pissed off because he stands there with his arms crossed the whole time on the sidelines and doesn't say anything. Well, Ty Bowles is the same way. There, there's a couple of coaches that are that are like that, and then Tom you've got Landry. the yeah, Tom Landry, exactly. You know, and and right for every like out of control coach, yeah. you can find the the stuff yes. with Ty uh, as yeah. well. And you have high cold. end on both sides, and you have right. low end on both sides. Exactly. I don't think yeah, right. exactly. demeanor. You can, you, can, you can make a case for either one. Exactly. Yeah, is, uh, Greg Shannon would go nuts on the sidelines. He would get all heated, and and you know, it. I I like animated coaches. That's kind of my style. Uh, when I was when I, and I coached my friggin' pop Warner days. I, I was that guy. I was the yeller and the screamer and, and you know, the, the fire starter and all that. So I, I get it. And I gravitate towards that. And you could point out the, the odd fact that the Buccaneers have two Super Bowl championships and both of the, both of those were fire and brimstone coaches yeah. and John Gruden and, and obviously Bruce Arians who will be inducted into the, the Bucks ring of honor this Sunday. That's right. And 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 that's bad for Tampa because they typically lose the Hall of or the Ring of Honor game. I don't that know what the record is, but it's not good. It's like I think they've won twice. That poor poor Rondé Barber game. That was when they like were yeah. dominating the Giants at halftime. Yes. The Giants and they lost. Yeah. 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 Honestly, yeah. if if the if the Lasers and Jason Light were smart, they would just tell Bruce, "Hey, listen, <laughs> we kind of made a mistake. This is a really big game on Sunday. We got to win this one. We're going to do the Ring of Honor like." First preseason game next year. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I think that's probably what the Bucks should do. They're not going to, but but otherwise they might lose this game just because it's a Bucks ring of modern game because yeah. the record is not good. Bruce Harris go an animated coach. Bruce Harris was very much yeah. an animated coach. I like to yell and scream. I like to yeah. yell and scream when my picks hit on underdog. Of course you do. And you can make some more picks tonight. For the uh, Monday night game between the Chargers and the Colts. But you don't have to do it for football. You can do it for hockey, basketball, uh, the World Cup when that was going on. So some soccer picks as well. Uh, baseball in seasons going on and golf too. So a lot of different options there. But of course, we're all football fans here. And uh, the easiest way to get some action on the NFL is with Underdog Fantasy and their pick'em game, the rival games, rivals game too. Just pick an over or under on your favorite or your least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your <clears> pick slip <throat> or your rival slip. Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog Fantasy. Even if you learn from Plant City Man, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So once again, double your money up to $100 with Underdog promo PEWTER. P-E-W-T-E-R. I came so close to hitting my picks yesterday. I got three out of the four. I got the over on Tom Brady attempts, over on receptions for James Conner, over on receiving yards for Russell Gage, but I didn't get the over in receiving yards for K-Dot. Yeah. We all thought K-Dot was going to have a pretty good game, yeah. but uh, unfortunately he didn't show up. And had the penalty. Well, not the penalty. Yeah, but it was bad. He made a reception. There was a penalty on it, so it took away that as well so yeah. that one hurt a little bit because i'm very very close yeah. but, all uh, right so let me ask you guys because bulls again talks to the media on wednesday we're in the studio the media studio wednesday um 
I, I want to kind of find out without like, I want to ask it like in, in a good kind of clever way. I don't be like, why don't you do anything but stand there with your arms crossed? Right. I, I, I want to be like, like, Hey Todd, every, every time you're on camera, you're standing there like a statue. Uh, some people would even yeah. say comatose. I would not say comatose, <laughs> but one person in the chat did. Uh, but, but like, I, I want to like get an answer from him as to why he's not a little bit more animated. Like, like, uh, like, are, are you like a, like a whirlwind of emotions inside and you just, you can't let it out or, but I want to ask it in a way where I don't come across like an idiot and right, he doesn't right, like right. look at me like cross and, and, you know, and, and gives like a, an answer that makes me look stupid. Right. So how do I, how do I phrase that where I want to, you know what I'm saying? I like, I want to like have him answer to the fans why he stands there with his, with his arm, arms crossed and doesn't look like he's engaged at all. Yeah. Cause I understand so, that's the perception. But right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me yeah. give this a crack. Okay. So Todd, no matter what the situation, you do such a great job of keeping an even keel, whether you're up by 20, down by 20. Penalty hold on, hold on. Well, you say up by 20. That, that's not factual, Josh. They've never right. been up by 20. But go ahead. Up, I, I like up your by promise. four, down by okay. three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Up by four, down by four. I got him taking notes. In okay. What situation do you think would get you to just lose your damn mind? Okay. And pose it to him as a hypothetical on what would have to happen yeah. for him to lose his uh, his cool. Okay. I think that's the way you approach it there. Okay. All right. Why don't you explode on your players the way John Gruden <laughs> and Bruce Arians would do from time to time? You know, because he's going to say he's going to say Devin White in that Baltimore game. What yeah. would get you to do that again? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, he that, that's just who he is, right? I mean, I I remember. <laughs> I remember talking to Tony Dungy one time. Um, his his daughter Jade went to the same preschool as my daughter Ellie, so I think I told this before. Where he would come to birthday parties where Ellie's, and it was kind of funny. My mom would get a kick out of like, "Oh my gosh, Coach Dungy's here!" You know, I'm like, "Yeah, it's not because of me; it's because our kids are in the same preschool." But um, I had a great relationship with Tony, and 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 I I always said, you know, you're you're so stoic on the sidelines. And, you know, that you really have like a trump card. You've got like an ace up your sleeve that you can play, right? If you if you go in and 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 blow up at halftime, right? If you're down by like 10, 14 points, whatever, you go in and blow up at halftime, you will get such a huge reaction out of your players. Like th that eruption will, will cause a, a wildfire to spread and you will automatically win that game. I, I just had that feeling. And coach looked at me, he's like, he's like oh, that's just not me. God, that's just an even keeled guy, you know, and and that's how it is. But Joe Gibbs, that actually happened when he was coaching the Washington Redskins, and they went up to the Philadelphia Eagles. They were losing at halftime, and Gibbs was kind of a stoic, you know, serious, nerdy looking guy too. And and he walked in at halftime, and they had a whole table full of Gatorade, and he walks in, flips over the Gatorade, and says, "Y'all are playing like a bunch of, you know, like whatever, whatever, dropping some f bombs," and turned around and walked out. And then it was like so unlike Joe Gibbs. The Redskins came out and they beat the Eagles. I don't forget what year it was, but but that was like a big deal, right? Yeah. And and where he blew his top and and he got a reaction and and it kind of like lit a fire. And I, I you know I always thought Dun Dungy had that card he could play, and I think Bowles probably has it too. Maybe I'll ask him like in that way. I, don't I uh, you know what I want to see? You know when like you see it a lot in college basketball, but you see it in college football too when. Yeah. Uh, you know, a team gets a big win and they're in the locker room and like the coach is dancing in the middle and like the players are dancing. Right. Them. Yeah. I want to see Todd Bowles pull something like that. Yeah. Or do like a bet with the team, like, hey, if we go on this run and yeah. win the division and win the Super Bowl, I'll get a tattoo of like whatever. I think Bruce Arians got a tattoo. So I think I you're know. right. Yeah. I want to see right. Todd. I want right. to see so, Todd so Harvin, dear, this this is good. All right. I like this. A ask him this, Scott. Do you think you, this is like, you know, to Todd? Todd, do you think your lack of emotion on the sidelines rubs off on the team? And contributes to the team being lackluster. Uh, and, and Todd would probably say, "No, I don't." But you know, that's debatable. You say <laughs> he has ice in his veins, and that's why he's a cool. Maybe, player. maybe, maybe that's it. He has ice in his veins, and he's just a stone cold killer, and we don't know it. But, Todd, okay. do you think the demeanor of the the team has changed as they take more of your image versus Bruce's, or how do you think the demeanor of the team has changed? Okay, I like that. 
instead oh, of making yeah. a yes or no where it's easy yes. for him to, to just give that. I like but that. You say, how do you think the t- demeanor of the ch- team has changed? All right. Um, transitioning from Bruce's leadership to yours. I love that because I think that's you're taking Harvinders there and you're throwing yeah. it in a blender. And I, I like Harvinders there. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think I think that's it right there. We just married those two ideas. That's my question on um, on Wednesday to Todd. And of course, uh, Travis says fire Todd, but I don't have any control over that, so I'm not going to do it. But um, so um, you know, we, we don't want to do the the Carolina preview before Wednesday show because that's our Panthers preview typically. But Josh, I want to get your thoughts on this matchup here. This is going to come down to can the Bucks stop the Panthers' ground game, right? They had 320 yards rushing on Saturday against a very good Detroit Lions team that had won, what, six? They were six and one in the last seven games. Yeah. And and, and they're averaging 188 yards game per, you know, on the ground. And, and the Buccaneers saw firsthand what happened in that week six, I want to say it was, game, the 21 to three loss where. Dante Foreman went nuts. You had Chuba Hubbard with his carries. I think averaged seven yards per carry, had a touchdown run. And the Panthers, they just have that kind of, you know, run the ball mentality. And, and I think the only way the Buccaneers can stop that on a consistent basis is either come out in the Baltimore Ravens uniforms or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because those two teams did a hell of a job stopping. I mean, they, they stopped the Panthers ground game cold and they ended up <coughs> winning that game. But but I, I, without Vita Vea's return, I, I don't know what they can do. And when, when I'm talking about those two games, the Steelers beat the Panthers 24 to 16, and that was back on December 18th. And then back on a, a month prior, on November 20th, the Ravens beat the Panthers 13 to 3. So they had two very low scoring games. Hubbard and Foreman were both shut down big time in those games. Yep. But then you know they've they've really gone off. So is is that the key? Is it that simple? Where you just you got to win the turnover battle and stop the Panthers' ground game, and, and you win the title? Yeah, I I think defensively the key is to put the is to try and force Carolina to make Sam Darnold win the game. Darnold has played very well over these last couple of weeks because they're not asking him to do a lot. Yeah, he has one turnover worthy play I want to say in the last three weeks, but he hasn't had to do it uh, to, to make a lot of those throws because yeah. the running game's been saving him. So I'd love to see them put eight men in the box, uh, heavy Keanu Neal game. He had a solid game against yeah. uh, Arizona last night. And, um, and and you let Carlton Davis and whoever lines up next uh, opposite of him, whether that's Jamel Dean being back or Sean Murphy Bunting, who's had some really solid games. He really recently. has, yeah. Scott, you texted in the group chat the, uh, last night that he had a, a really good game against Arizona, and I, I couldn't yeah. agree more based on the live uh, game. Couldn't um, believe I actually texted that. Uh, yeah. right. <laughs> Typing that, but it did. I mean, Sean's yep. playing pretty well. Yeah, and, and and you let them kind of go to the game plan they had against Jamar Chase. You know, a lot of heavy press man. Yeah, and and you say, okay, maybe Sam Darnold can hit one over the top on us. But right. we're going to take our chances on that. Eight men in the box, shut down the run game, force him to try and, and do that, and and let your corners go and, and be physical with DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall. Yeah. And uh, and I think that that's a successful game plan for limiting the Carolina offense. And, uh, you know, just no huddle offense on, uh, for, for Brady and, and the Bucks' offense. Just yeah. no huddle. Matt, do you see it the same way? What is your take on, just generally speaking, before we get into Wednesday's show, just what has to happen for the Buccaneers to, to beat the Panthers at Ray J on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, you look at it last week, or sorry, their last game, and Todd Bowles pretty much said it bluntly. We didn't play well, and they scored more points, and we didn't score points. Um, uh, I'm not going to be uh, the simplicity I hate those answers. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to be as simple as that. But like clearly, <laughs> you know, they they have to put up more than three points or whatever the, the right. final score was there. So yeah, I, I think they have to get back to the play action. They have to. They have to win with their best players. Like I don't know what's going on with Mike Evans and Tom Brady and why there's no chemistry there. But they yep. got to get on the same page for this playoff run. I'm putting that in quotations because yep. you know, uh, oh, and, and technically gone. Sunday is a playoff game, gentlemen. It, it really, really is. is. It, it essentially know. is. And and, know, and honestly, I, I I if I'm being honest, I really haven't looked forward to going to some of the live games this year, just because I know that you know I'm not going to watch good football at least yeah, for the yeah. first <laughs> three quarters. But 
But I'm looking forward to Sunday because I really feel like like the crowd's going to be really into it and lit. And honestly, honestly, the Buccaneers crowds have really started off hot. I, I'll give the fans a lot of credit um, that you know they, you know they they were into the Thursday night Ravens game, right? They were into the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. You know they're they're doing their part until the Buccaneers like uh, against Kansas City, right? When when Rashad White fumbles on the first. Mm-hmm. Kickoff, the opening kickoff, and you're like, oh crap! Like now it's you're down seven nothing, and it's not going well. But I, I think this is going to be a really, really kind of lit playoff atmosphere. I'm excited for Buccaneer fans who are coming to this game. I think this is going to be this is going to be like the first playoff game at Ray J. I think I think they're going to win. I don't know why I say that, but I think they're going to. And and I think that this is this will be like a like a warm up game, like a tune up game for playing the Cowboys uh, in a couple weeks. Yep. Maybe uh, this crowd could help, uh, I don't know, rejuvenate the Bucks offense. Maybe. I see what you're doing there, Matt. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Ah, the rejuvenating power of age rejuvenation. Listen, I have low testosterone and I'm not alone. I'll tell you that. Uh, most men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, it just kind of goes downhill. Did you hear, hear my voice? 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. It just goes downhill with the testosterone. It's pretty much a natural occurrence. But there's a way to fight it. And that's with the testosterone therapy at age rejuvenation. I'm 50. I feel like I'm 40 now because I had the procedure done and uh, it works. John Gilmore, retired Buccaneer, who joins us on uh, Peter Reports uh, Tailgate Sunday, uh, sponsored by Celsius, presented by age rejuvenation, is another one of those guys that has had this done. So here's the great thing. If you would like to go and get that free consultation, at Age Rejuvenation, just sign up at agerejuvenation.com. Five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. If you mention Peter Report and you need the testosterone therapy, you can get $500 off your first treatment. And if you want to lose some weight, right, with that New Year's resolution, New Year's around the corner, they're going to give you 50% off your weight loss treatment. So some great specials right now happening at agerejuvenation.com. Make sure you visit them and tell them Peter Report sent you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, any any last comments, words, uh, anything else about, I guess, the last 24 to 48 hours for the Tampa Buccaneers? Is there, uh, is there anything we're missing that we haven't really uh, addressed yet? I feel like we've I, I gotten th- most of it. But- I think the biggest thing is, remember, we talked about this on the pregame show yesterday, Matt. We were very concerned about the offensive tackle situation, right, with Josh Wells and his back and Tristan Wirfs with that ankle. And what would happen if, you know, if Worf's re-aggravated the ankle, if the back gave out on Josh uh, Wells, it wasn't the back, it was it was the patellar tendon. The kneecap went one way, the rest of the body went the other, and now he's gone. And now you're looking at Brandon Walton, who, unless Donovan Smith gets back, is the starting left tackle for the Buccaneers. Brian Burns will, would love that. So I think the injury situation, who's going to be able to play in this game? Vita Vea, is he going to be back? Is is you know is Winfield and, and Edwards are they going to practice this week? Are they going to be okay? Is Jamel Dean going to come back? And if so, is Sean Murphy Bunting, who's been playing exceptionally well, is, is he going to be you know playing in the slot? Um, is he going to be playing outside? A lot of questions, and I think the biggest thing to watch this week on PeterReport.com is the the injury situation, especially Donovan Smith. Is he going to be available for this game? And is Worf's going to practice? Is he going to be able to? to go on that, that ankle, or did he re-aggravate it to the point where he's, he's doubtful, you know, we'll have to see. Yep. Also interested to see the Lenny foot situation. Yeah. Yeah. That plays out. It couldn't have been hurting him that bad. He had 29 carries. I know. Yeah. I I agree. He looked, he looked pretty solid. I mean, he looked Lenny like, but he was the crux of the offense. It was just, it was very interesting. You could see the frustration in that tweet that he put out today. Yeah. And for me, my question goes back to how long has he been dealing with it and how long has the team been aware of it? He was not on the injury report this past right. week at all. Yep. 
And and of course we'd be remiss, right, if we didn't say just the Buccaneers need better play from Tom Brady. Like he he can't turn the ball over against the Panthers. He just can't. He had a couple of near misses where he almost turned the ball over. And Josh, you were at that game where there was a couple passes that were dropped by the Panthers defenders, and he lucked out on some of those throws earlier in the year. Now he is throwing two picks a game, kind of on the regular, unfortunately, for the Buccaneers and turning the ball over. And that's that's got to stop. Brady has got to play like the Tom Brady of old, not like old Tom Brady. You catch my drift. Ah, I yeah. see what you did there. Uh, that was good. <laughs> uh, I think we should pretty much just end it on that note because, I mean, that was a great line to end it I with. So that. for Scott Reynolds, for Josh Capo, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching, and we will see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Out. Happy holidays. Out. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year.